Good morning again. Um, yeah, do you want to start the uh, the PowerPoint? Whoever's doing that, be great. Uh, morning, if you're online as well. Um, wherever you are, could be anywhere, couldn't you? Really. Um, so, just to say, I'm going to invite Salam up in a minute. There seems like there's a lot to do in a short amount of time, so I'll try and get through it all. Um, yeah, I used to be an associate. Baptist minister as happens, so I feel very at home with you today. Um, I often speak actually in Gray's Baptist Church down the road as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just great to be with you. And I guess because uh, we, we call, I live in Newham, uh, which is, um, uh, well, you know where Newham is, don't you? Olympic Park and all that. Yeah. Um, they, they call it the white flake, don't they? So no Newham in the latest census, I think it's 13% white British. Uh, which means all the people that were in Newham moved east, so there could be well some here relatives of relatives who moved out from East London at some point. So uh, I feel at home with you today. Um, flip to the next uh, slide there. Yeah, so, yeah, my name is Gareth. <laughs> I do that to remind myself. <laughs> yeah, my name is Gareth. Yeah, I got that. I need glasses. I need to see. Um, yeah, just thank you for your partnership in the gospel, guys. You know, it is about we are we are the church of God. And, uh, you know, when we think of London, I think it, it's a mix of, you may think of London, all the sort of the glamour and the wealth and the, you know, the huge buildings. And the, and sometimes I feel like that when I go into central London. But actually, as you know, there's a lot of need, there's a lot of poverty, and there's a lot of opportunity as well uh, for the gospel. So thank you for your partnership because it makes it possible. And actually... Having read through um, all the reports back from the vouchers, we've given many, many, many reports, and I've listed one a bit later on, but um, it makes a difference. And very much with London City Mission, it is a two-handed approach. It's, uh, you know, the spoken gospel, but, you know, meeting people where they're at in their need. So, you know, I know uh, some of the vouchers we've handed out, for instance, have helped kids go to school from refugee families. Why couldn't they go? Because they didn't have black shoes, they didn't have a bag. So the school wouldn't let them come. And, that, and the parents had no money to buy shoes. Okay, so some of those vouchers have been used to buy shoes and bags for kids so they can go to school, which is amazing, right? Uh, in this day and age, but that's what they've been used for. Some people have struggled with food, as you know. Um, so some of the vouchers have been used for that. So they make a difference. Your partnership in the gospel. I've told you I'm married with five kids. My wife's a GP. Um, and I think she met Roger before I met Roger. Uh, she works in the East End as well. And we're committed really to, um, we, we've been overseas on mission. Uh, we, we've been involved with church leadership. We've planted church. We've done loads of different stuff. But basically, we're just passionate for the gospel and for Jesus. And uh, I'm, from a, I'm from a non-Christian background. Um, and, and Jesus really transformed my life when I was 17 years of age. So uh, we really see the need for people uh, to find Jesus. I've got my hobbies down here. I don't know why. Uh, I, li- I like running. I picked that up just four years. I'm 56, so I started running five years ago. Um, still going now. Bits of me are falling off, but I'm still going. Um, I've just joined the gym as well. Amazing. My wife said to me the other day, finally, after... 25 years, you're beginning to sort yourself out. <laughs> um, of course, I watch rugby. Um, and of course, we were disappointed with the World Cup. You did better than us, but we didn't think we'd do that well. Um, I've worked for London City Mission for about five years. 
and I'm field director for East London. So I think Matt was here last year, was he? Here? Yeah, Matt. So I, I manage Matt. So Matt sent, I'm, I'm filling in for Matt today. So Matt is in Bangladesh at this very moment. Um, so I'm, I'm basically Matt's understudy, even though I'm Matt's boss. So I don't know how that works out. Um, yeah, and I appreciate the opportunity to share with you today. I'm going to invite Salam up, and what we're going to do, we're going to replace the camera elsewhere, so it doesn't, it's not on her face. If you can do that, and Salam, if you'd like to come up. Big hand for Salam. <laughs> so she need a mic? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Salam. Salam, what does your name mean? My name means peace. Oh, Eritrean language. Okay, great. So where are you from originally? I came from Eritrea. Okay. So I think some of you guys had a visit for Open Doors last week. Yeah. Um, so we know what, what's going on with the church and Christians in Eritrea right now. What's, what's the situation? Yeah, actually Eritrea is one is the most worst regime in the world. Mm. According to the Open Doors, it is the first rank for persecution Christians. Since 2002, all evangelical churches are banned. So people left the country, scattered all the world. Not only this, again, we have political oppression as well. Since 1991 until what? now, we have one president, no freedom of speech. And I spoke with some in the church earlier. We accept national service to your country. It's okay, but a year and a half or two years. But in Eritrea, once you reach 18, both male and female, you go to national service, no return back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. The population in Eritrea is, in 2009, we were to 6 million and 500,000 now, 3 million and wow. something if you Google in, yeah. So it is, uh, yeah, very mm. hard. Thank you so much. tough. Please, uh, always I say to everyone, appreciate the freedom we have mm. here. Yeah. yeah, now... In Eritrea, just you worship underground. If someone spies you, mm. definitely go to prison and risk to death as well. Mm. Thank you, Salam. And, and do spend the time talk to Salam afterwards about that as well. But obviously, Salam now is with us. She works for London City Mission. Um, she's a missionary. So tell us where you are and what you do now in your work with the London City Mission. Yeah, as... Um, I say I am a missionary. I work among asylum seekers and refugees, which are I relate with them. So we go with love and compassion to different hotels and hostels. You know, these people are traumatized, traumatized in home country, traumatized when the cross from imagine from your country you live. Everything he left everything behind to new. Uh, for example, when you come to this country from Eritrea, you have to go first to Sudan. Of course, by the hand, by the help of smugglers, illegal. So your life is at risk. 
ይጎት ስዳን ዘን ይጎት ሆልስ ሀራዘር ዘዘርት ኤታይም ኦፍ ሃንገር ሰርስት ፎር ኢንስታንስ ኢን ዘ ዌይ ዋን ኤሪትራን ሌዲ ኩዝስ ማግለር ሴውንት ዘማን ዘይ ዶን ኬር ሆው ሜኒ ፒፕል ኢን ዘ ካርሶ ዘ ካርሶ ሞል ኤንድ ዘ ፒፕል ወር ቢዮንድ ዘ ካፓሲቲ ሶ ዘ ካር ሃድ ብሮከን ኤንድ ዚ ሌዲ ሳም ኦፍ ዘም passed away some of them became injured so this eritrean lady who broke her hip and all the right side so we met her in the hostel and i work with east end church in partnership and the wife of the pastor her name is rachel she's a maternity mate so we she get help from her the necessary things for her like vitamin if you live in the hostel or hotel you don't have enough food the government they provide of course it is good but the way different from us they cannot eat everything so we help her from the church as gare say your gift is make a difference really you do it is because you love god and you love your neighbors as well it's the word of god say and do you do this jesus said if you did for one brother you did it to me mm-hmm. so thank you on behalf of this asylum seekers as well so a lot of trauma going on but people see the love of god in action through you we are his hand and feet to reach the least reached community so now she's in safe hand now she start with coming to the church and we go in that hostels we give them english lesson is so we give them bible study invite them to the church to feel accepted loved in the community we help them with filling form hospital appointments gp and so on mm. so god is works through yeah. you and us great thanks lamen how can we how can the church pray for you and your ministry please pray for me uh, we hear always uh, different stories from different country about 15 countries ethiopia eritrea east africa and from brazil and other small minority please pray for me and for churches to give us wisdom and understanding and strength because it is not easy we are human these people are traumatized it affects them their physical emotional mental psychological well-being so to help them jesus can heal the broken heart so please give that for wisdom and understand please thank you man thank you salam let's give salam a hand thank you Okay, so I, oh, I don't need that, do I? I've got this on. I'm doubling up. Um, I hope it gives you a bit of a flavour of the work we're doing in uh, East London and across the board with refugees. And there's also, uh, we're working with children in those scenarios and young people as well. Um, yeah, j- just to say, in terms of London City Mission, what is our heart? What is our passion? Well, it is the gospel. And uh, I think this stat says one in two people um don't have a so a lot of our christian activity is invite your friends right and that's a good thing but actually what we found is one in two people don't have a christian friend so they're not going to be invited to something 
So there needs to be work done to reach out to those groups, particularly who don't have Christian contacts. Otherwise, how will they hear? Next slide. Um, yeah, we want Christ to be known in every community. It's complex. When London City Mission was set up 187 years ago, I wasn't there, by the way, um, by David Naismith, it was really the church wasn't reaching into some of those difficult areas. And in those days, it was poor areas. So it was East London. Uh, the church was mainly in sort of middle class, richer areas. London's changed in 187, 187 years. Now it's very complex. So we have people from all over the world. We have one point, I think it's 1.6 million Muslims in London now. Who's reaching them? So there's, there's a challenge there for the church and for us to reach into those communities. Um, and in a way, God doesn't give us... I, I was in Ethiopia two weeks ago, so I, I, I'm connected with, with the Ethiopian people. I've been there many times. Um, and I was sitting in front of um, 50 Muslim background believers, uh, young men. And they did the role call, I could tell they were Muslims, Hussan, Muhammad, th- those are the names of the guys there. And uh, we were meeting together because we were, we were talking about tribal violence and what should their response be. Here was a bunch of new Christians uh, saying, what should we do when our families are getting killed because of tribal violence? How should we respond as Christians? Wow. You know, the Bible doesn't give us a sort of uh, clause out, therefore go make, make disciples of every nation, everybody. Uh, there's no exclusion. Um, and on that day, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if you like looking forward. I like looking forward, okay? So on that day, there will be people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Isn't that amazing? No exclusions. And in fact, part of the way, you know, for Jesus coming back again, he's, he's waiting for the full measure to come in. That's what, that's what, and we are the church engaged with that. Whether we're frontline or on the sides or supporting from behind, we're all involved with that job together. Uh, next slide. Just, just one story here. Um, I've, I've obviously not put the name in. The S family came to our church a few times and our regulars at the craft drop-in at the hostel. The family became close friends. So actually, you know, we build bridges by meeting people's felt need. And through those bridges, we're able to share the good news of Jesus. In my church in Newham, we have baptised. We, t- we were talking the other day with the minister because I talked at the last two baptisms. And uh, we have baptised, I don't know, since, since lockdown, it's been crazy. Most of them have been Iranian. Some have been from other nations. But there are at least, I think, about 60 Iranians being baptised this year in our church. That's just our church. Iran is the, the Iranian church is the fastest growing church in the world. Who would have known that 20, 30 years ago? God is at work. Um, so be encouraged that, you know, as we reach out, we build connections. As we build those connections, we draw people in to church activities. They hear the gospel. They respond. In our church now, actually, we, we translate our services into Farsi and Spanish. So you have English, Farsi and Spanish. That wasn't happening two years ago. That's amazing, isn't it? We sing songs in three languages. It's crazy. Um, okay. Okay, well, let's, uh, you'd be thinking, yes, guys, it's all good, but where's the word of God? It's coming. Here it is. Um, let's read Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10 together. Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10. 
These are some of my favourite verses in the Bible, actually. I love these. As for you, this is the NIV version. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, in some ways, guys, it's a choice, and we live this choice of, do I just add God on to my life? You know, so I, I am a Christian, I turn up to church on a Sunday and I say, God bless me, bless what I do. But there is a bigger picture involved in the Bible. The whole Bible story is there's an, there's an opportunity for us to join in with God's story. I was at a conference uh, many moons ago because I was 18 years of age. I'd just become a Christian. I didn't know anything. Okay, <laughs> really didn't know nothing about the Christian faith. And it really freaked me out, this conference. There were thousands of people there. Um, I was there with my friend, and we were camping. And I, I couldn't, you know, I was like, really, I didn't know what was going on. It was crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, th- there was a guy who was camping near us, and he said, come over, I want to talk to you. So we went over to talk to him. And he said to me, I've, I've got a, a passage from the Bible for you. I want to re- read to you. I think God wants you to know this. So I said, fair enough, read it. So we read it. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I don't have a clue what that meant. I I was 18 years of age. I thought, this guy's crazy. Um, So we left. I sort of remembered the verse. Obviously, I remember it now. And life went on. Roll forward 20 years. I was in Ethiopia. Um, I was in the middle of nowhere in a shack, right? Because what we've, I was with my friend Derage, who runs a ministry out there. I support that ministry. And there was a 24-7 prayer meeting going on. So these women, and it was all women, had been praying all night. And he said, we're going to join this group for a little bit. And I said, okay. So we went into this shack in literally the middle of nowhere, Hardly any windows, so it was, you know, those women had been praying all night. And uh, Derage took us in and said, can we pray for the women? I said, yeah, let's pray for them. So we prayed for the women. And then they said to Derage, because obviously it was being translated, they said, can we pray for for you? It's for us. And I said, yeah, sure, of course, pray for us. So they prayed for us. And um, as they began to pray, they they said, we've got a... A picture, can we share the picture with you? And I said, yes. And so they shared the picture and they said, 
Um, we've got a picture of you and you're standing amongst many nations and you're feeding them bread. And I remembered what word that guy had given to me when I was 18 years of age from a council estate, a broken home in Wales. And I thought, yeah, God, you've done it. I've travelled the world, I've lived overseas, I've, I've lived as a missionary, I've preached in many nations, I've been translated into many languages, if people can understand me, plums and plans. Um, God draws us in to his plan. God draws us into his plan. Let's shove the first slide up. Um, God's rescue. God's rescue. And when we look at these verses, we understand that we have been saved by grace. It's not by works. Um, there was a bunch of guys, they were army guys, it was in Indonesia about, it's probably about 20 years ago, and on their leave they decided, we're going to climb this mountain in Indonesia, sort of thing that Roger would do, I'm sure, in his spare time. Um, so they climbed up, they took some provisions and some ropes, and climbed up the mountain, and they got stuck on a plateau. They'd run out of rope, they'd lowered themselves down onto this plateau, they could not go up, and they could not go down, they were stuck. They had some provisions left. I'm sure there was a Mars bar. There's always a Mars bar. And um, they shared the water they had, and they thought, we're going to die on this plateau. But the army realised they hadn't come back from leave. So the army sent out a helicopter, and they searched around the area, and eventually they found these guys as they were on their last drop of water. And they couldn't land on this. This actually wasn't a helicopter there. This is Wales. <laughs> couldn't find the actual... Um, You see, the helicopter became their rescue. It became their saviour. And in the same way, we could not save ourselves in any way. We are saved by grace. We should be encouraged by that because we know there's nothing we can do to earn God's love. There's nothing we can do to earn God's favour. But we know as being translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I have a neighbour. We've all got neighbours. <laughs> Unless you live in a field in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Um, I've been sharing the good news with him. Uh, he, he's, had can- he's been on a cancer journey. He's younger than me. He's just had a baby. Um, he texted me yesterday and said, they can't do anything. They can't operate anymore. Um, he just had another biopsy. Um, and in a way, I'm devastated, but I know that the only rescue that he has is God. He needs, you know, he needs to find God for himself. Um, maybe God can heal him, but it's not about that. God, he needs to be saved. Without God, where would we be? Without God, where would the world be? You know, if you think about, um, we, we live in a quite highly charged situation in Newham, okay? So everywhere we go, we, I was driving around the other, down the road yesterday, and every other um, uh, lamppost had a Palestinian flag in it. People had gone out and stuck flags on them. It's everywhere. What is the problem? I don't want to get into politics, okay? Um, but anybody seen the Hunger Games? You've seen the Hunger Games. You've seen what happened there, right? So basically you've got one group oppressing another group, and then basically the oppressed group take over... <laughs> And they start doing exactly the same thing as the other group. 
See, the problem isn't politics. The problem isn't religion. The problem is the sin of man. We can't take it away. God has rescued us. What from? From ourselves, from the sin within us. God has rescued us. We are in a new kingdom now. There are new rules in this kingdom. The person in charge is different here. As, as, um, as Paul says in Ephesians, to the Ephesians, that actually um, we were all party to this sin, to living our own way, to the powers of the world, but now we've been translated into this glorious kingdom of light. But sometimes we align ourselves still with this old kingdom church you know that's the challenge for us isn't it what are the gods of this world that we sometimes align ourselves with capitalism maybe the need to get on you know you look at london now 100 years ago in london what were the biggest buildings churches right what are the biggest buildings now banks insurance companies so if you look at the profile of london now you know what are the things we worship the tallest buildings are often the things we worship It's interesting, isn't it? And It's easy for us to align ourselves with those things without even realising it. Is God our God? Are we truly serving him with our life? We are kingdom bringers. We are the ones that shine in the darkness. We are the ones that make the difference. We have been rescued by God because of his great love for us Uh, next slide yeah we're in god's kingdom i this this is ethiopia again look so i'm you know the the east africa theme i didn't know salam was going to be here today and look god's got a purpose right um there was a guy um michael crawley you probably never heard of him he was scottish he was a anthropologist which is a study of cultures yeah so he is fascinated by Ethiopian runners. Um, apologies, I did think when I put that up, I thought the Guardians there might get offended. Left-wing paper, I don't know, but I couldn't find another picture. And I didn't know how to block it out, so you got what you got. Um, so Mike, Michael uh, Crawley spent 15 months in Ethiopia, and he wrote a book called Out of Thin Air about what he learned about Ethiopian runners. Okay, So Ethiopian running is a well-known thing, right? Although when I went, I didn't see anybody running, which I thought <laughs> I thought I might go for a run, but I thought I didn't see anybody else running. But anyway, um, probably in the wrong place. Couple of couple of pointers there, okay? Ethiopians think it's really weird if you run in your own, okay? I, I I passed several people running this morning when I drove here. Everybody was on their own. I run on my own, right? So I'm obviously weird. Ethiopians think that's weird because they run together, and how they learn to run is they run step by step with each other, okay? Step by step. So they, that's what they learn. So they pace themselves by watching other people, by running with the group. Um, similarly, how do we learn to live this life that God has called us to live? How do we bring God's kingdom? We walk step in step with Jesus, right? Who has gone before us. You think of a fee, uh, sorry, Hebrews 12. He's run this race before us. It's marked out before him. 
Uh, you know, so we, we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. We run the race marked out before us, setting our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So Jesus has gone before us. So we learn to live this life by walking step by step as Jesus walked. And isn't it interesting that Jesus was countercultural? I was, um, I was in, uh, <laughs> we've got a problem in, my, in our area where I live, okay. So I live um, in Newham, as I said, and um, there's this, this sort of gang of uh, drug addicts, okay, who sort of, you know, they're, they're, one of the areas they pick out of drugs is the corner of our street. Just, just there, like outside our house, and sometimes they end up taking drugs on our doorstep. It's, it's quite a thing in our street, um, and it really winds me up. <laughs> I get really annoyed. So I'm often opening my door, and I said, "Excuse me," and they're sitting on my doorstep taking drugs. And I've got, you know, four girls, and I'm, I feel quite protective of them. And my wife is all. My wife is like my conscience, you know, like that cricket in. Uh... <laughs> now. Gareth, you should really pray for them. They just annoy me so much. Uh, I was walking. Um, I was walking to the shop the other night. I had to go to the shop and get something. And uh, there's one of these ladies that's part of that group. She sits outside the tube station and begs. And I never give her anything because I think, well, I know what you're doing. You're getting money there and buying drugs in the corner of my street. Um, and I walked past her the other day, and God said to me, "I love her." And I thought, I know you love a Lord. So I went to Tesco's and I, I bought a meal deal. And you now with a meal deal, you can get Costa's drink, can't you? Yeah, you can. You get Costa's drink with a meal. Amazing, isn't it? Anybody from Costa's here? No? Okay. Hold well on. Anyway, I, I thought I need to buy her some. I won't give her money because I know what she's going to spend her on. So I bought her a hot chocolate um, and, and a sandwich. Um, and I gave it to her. And she said, thank you. She said, thank you. What would Jesus do? <laughs> so in the, in, the midst of my, in the midst of my sort of grumpy old manness, anybody got grumpy old manness? Come on, I know you do. When you're driving the car particularly, come on. What would Jesus do? How would he react to the poor among us? Even those poor people that maybe really annoy us. Um, he'd love them, wouldn't he? This is, a, this is a different kingdom. We've got to walk step in step with Jesus. Uh, our actions being guided by what we believe. Are, we, are they just sound bites? Are they really sound bites for us? You know, that's a challenge. It's not, I've been a Christian for nearly that's 40 years next year. I can't believe it. I have a long way to go. I have a long way to go, guys. And uh, we need to allow the, the grace of God to affect our actions day in, day out. You know, think about it. It's not just about... I've been in Christian ministry most of my life. It's all I know, but actually, I've got a lot to learn. What would Jesus do? Let's walk step in step with Jesus. Let's flick to the next slide. Mm. Yeah, I love these. You know what that is, by the way? I see you guys are educated. I like that. Um... I love these verses, right, amplified version, okay? Um, uh, it's one of my favorite verses. It says this in the amplified. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, 
a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that He, so we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. For So it says, we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a work of art. Not a piece of work, a work of art. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't know. Um, let, let, the, I think the Bayon Tapestry helps me with this because I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of speculating, so excuse me, okay? So, but I do know. Isn't it amazing that one day we'll all end up in a city, right? Um, sometimes I want to escape the city, but we will end up together in this amazing city, okay? And the, the jewel. There's all these jewels in the walls, and they say the walls are filled with these jewels, and when the, the perfect light shines soon, it'll be like rainbows. So the walls of the city will be like rainbows. And I like to think God's got a plan, right? The, the, the plan from the, the beginning to the end. You know, we know about the fall of man. And right at the start there, God promises that, that Jesus will come. You know, he, he will smite his heel, but he will crush his head. And then, then God, who, who made the first sacrifice? Well, that was, that was actually God, wasn't he? So he covered Adam and Eve in, in animal skins. Where did those animals, he had to kill the animals, right? So sacrifice already pointing to the point that Jesus will come. So I like to think that in heaven there's this amazing tapestry or picture. Okay, and it, it, it goes from the start of time to, to the end of time. So we've got sort of, um, you know, we've got uh, Adam and Eve in there and then Cain and Abel and there's some, you know, there's a bit of blood in the ground there when he kills his brother. And then it goes on to Noah and the flood. And that's all in the picture, and then it goes on and on. Then you've got Abraham, the call of Abraham. And then you've got, um, you know, the, 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 the Israelites going to uh, Egypt. And then you've got sort of uh, Moses. And you, go, you know, you, got, you get the picture, it goes on and on. And it all points to the point, right in the middle of the picture is the cross. Right in the middle of the picture is, is Jesus. We, we do a course, actually, I'm running a course next year. It's called Al-Masira, the journey and it's really for Muslims to understand who Jesus is. And it starts with the prophets of old, because the prophets of old point to Jesus. You know, Abraham taking Isaac up the hill, and uh, God saying, I'll send another sacrifice, Jesus to come. And then you've got Moses, and you've got the blood of the lamb over the doorpost, so the angel of death passes by. Wow, all points to Jesus, right? And then you've got Jesus right in the middle of the picture, the son of man, the likeness of God on earth. God uh, in a man. It's, it's incredible. Fully God, fully man. And then you've got the, the acts of the apostles, and they, they, they point back to Jesus, all about Jesus. We said that today. And then it goes on and on, and then you've got the early church of New in Jerusalem, spreads out, persecution goes on. The early church spreads out to Turkey, the seven churches in Revelation. And then you've got the, uh, um, the early church being established in North Africa. So, you know, church was in North Africa. That's where the Welsh Christianity comes from. The Celtic Christianity comes from North Africa, the Desert Fathers. That's a bit different to the Romans coming through the other way. And then it goes on and on. Uh, uh, you know, and then we've got sort of in the last 200 years, we've got missionaries being sent out from the West. Um, 
No, no, it's not. So it's west to the rest. And no, it's actually everywhere to everywhere. So we've got missionaries now coming from Africa. We've got missionaries from India. Inland City Mission. We've got uh, missionaries from Mexico. All over the world. Because we, in the West, need to be rejuvenated in our faith. But I want to tell you this bit. So I haven't got to it yet. So this bit over here. It's right over here. On the end, sort of over there somewhere. You are woven into this tapestry. So when you think about the plan that God's got for you, it isn't a separate plan. It's part of this plan. He has woven you in to his plan. Okay, and as we become Christians, we step into it and say, I'm going to be part of God's plan for the salvation for the nations, all of this. God has woven you into his plan. When we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, we can look at it together and say, yeah, I had a part to play. God used me in that way. I mean, I, I like to think my thread is red because you know, I'm Welsh, but who knows what colour it will be. And maybe it'll just be a little bit. But together, wow, it'll be a beautiful picture, won't it? And we, when we think of the church today, the church is bigger than it's ever been globally. Sometimes we get dep- a bit depressed in the West, don't we? The church is on the decline. But actually, the church globally is on the, on, on the increase. And the powerhouse of the church right now is Africa. You know, the church is exploding in Africa. So we are part... I'm sorry, we'll have to go back a minute. Uh, we are part of God's plan, and we're woven into it. We are God's work of art. And I'm coming into land, because I should be coming into land now, should I? Who knows how long I've been going. I'm sure that clock said another time when I started. Uh, um, we are part of this plan, and we need sometimes to... I, I, I liked... Uh, I couldn't... I used this illustration... <laughs> I tried to use this illustration in um, Ethiopia, but I thought it, it doesn't work in Ethiopia. But has anybody watched The Simpsons? Yeah. Anybody seen that? Yeah? Somebody's laughing already, look. Don't. <laughs> okay, so there's one, there's one scene, <laughs> scene in The Simpsons, right, where he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's come to a vending machine, right, and he's, he's put his money in, and, the, and whatever he's... Wherever he's got, he wants this can, okay, and he can't get it out. I don't think it's Duff Beer, by the way. I think it's, you know, soft drink. So he sticks his hand in the machine to try and get this can out. And then um, <laughs> he gets stuck in the machine. And then I think his, I think his kids are there. So maybe he's not work, but his kids are there. Bart's there. And he says to Bart, please don't, you know... Don't tell him, but I'll sort it out myself. And then about, you know, the, the next second, the whole fire brigade's there, the ambulance is there, and they're all gathered around. And they're trying to help release him from this machine, from this vending machine. And eventually one of the fire people sort of go underneath and they, they're trying to examine him what the problem is. And they say to him, I see what the problem is, Mr. Simpson. You need to let go of the can. See, but I, I, I think sometimes that's our problem. We need to let go of something, to step into something. And maybe something of where you're at now with your faith, you need to let go of something, to really step into something new. And I, I don't know what that is, but it says in Hebrews, I mentioned it earlier, you know, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Or throw off the things that are weighing you down. Sometimes they're not sins, but we're, we're focused on things that God doesn't want us to do. What is it that God wants you to do as a church, as individuals? How can you join in with God's plan now? The good news is the grace of God is here for us, wherever you're at. So you could feel today, you could be sitting here today, but you could feel a million miles away from God. I don't know. 
You could feel disappointed. You could feel fed up. I feel fed up sometimes. I said I'm a grumpy old man. But um, I want to step into God's plan. I want to keep going. And just finally, because I did say I'd come into land. And you know when a preacher says that, it's another 20 minutes to go. But I know I'm coming to land. I want to keep going, okay? And I, I, one other picture before I leave. Because, you know, as you can tell, I love stories. So um, Pete, Pete Sanfras, I think that's his name. Pete Sanfras, the tennis player. Yeah, you remember him? Good guy, right? His last Wimbledon um, competition. Don't know if you remember it. I remember it very clearly. Okay, so he, he was there. I think if he won this one, he would have beaten the record. I think the record's been beaten since. But he would have beaten the record for Wimbledon, okay, the, the amount of times he won it. So there he was, Pete. His dad showed up for the first time. His dad was quite elderly. He was there. He was in the crowd. So Pete, very unemotional guy, but he, um, he wins the game. And as he wins the game, he falls on his knees and he weeps. Because he sort of knows, I've done it, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm sort of retiring. And at that point, he gets up. Never been done before in Wimbledon. Always been done now. He walks into the crowd. And uh, his dad is in the box, in the whatever, where, where the relatives sit. His dad walks to, towards him, and he walks towards his dad. Now, there's a crowd everywhere, and everybody's cheering. Everybody's going mad. But the crowd sort of parts, and right in the middle of the crowd... Pete and his dad embrace, and they both weep together. And in my heart, I'm thinking, I'm watching this as a Welshman, weeping as well. So I'm sitting in front of the TV, and kids think, what's the matter with you, dad? I'm just screaming. Because I feel and I know in my heart that he's done that for his dad. Wow. And I think to myself, at that point, at that moment, which is why I'm crying, I'm running this race in front of me for you, God. And when I cross that finish line, I want to know that embrace that you give, saying, well done, you good and faithful servant. Why are we running this race? Are we running it to look good in front of other people? Are we, we running it to tick a box? No, we're running it for him. And one day we will be with him. And one day he will embrace us and we will embrace him. And there'll be crowds everywhere, but there'll be nobody else in the room. Just me and him. And I can't wait for that day. So let's, uh, we, are, we have landed. Let's think about that. Let's think about, is Jesus our saviour but not our Lord? Are we really serving him and following him? Are we walking step in step by him? It's not about judgment today, it's about grace. Because today is the day we make decisions. Are you willing to wanting to step fully into God's plan today for you as a church, as an individual? Are there things that are holding us back? Do we need to leave things behind today? Maybe some of us are struggling with sin. And we need to confess that and move on. Maybe some of us are focusing on the wrong things and we know it. It's time to move on. Let's say, you've been sitting down a long time. Should we stand up to pray? Yeah, let's just spend a moment. Um, I've said a lot of things, but maybe one or two things have just struck home today. Maybe the Holy Spirit's at work in us today in certain ways.
And today's a day of decision. Today's a day to really take hold of. So, Lord, we come to you humbly today. Lord, knowing that we are just human, where we fail so often, Lord, and you know that. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you, it's by grace we've been saved, not by works. And thank you, that's not changed. But Lord, we want to run this race marked out with us with perseverance, setting our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, we want to let go of the stuff we need to let go of. Help us to do that, Lord. Thank you that you've called us to be a part of your great plan. Hallelujah. Thank you that is a glorious plan. And even though we see so much uh, pain and devastation in the world, even now, Lord, we know that you are working out your plans. And you say, Lord, and we believe it, Lord, that every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be there on that day. And we know, Lord, that uh, you will come again. And you will put all things right. There will be no more sorrow, no more tears. And thank you, Lord God, that um, we trust in you fully today. And Lord, help us in the meantime. Help us to deal with our pain, with our suffering. Help us to reach out, Lord God, to those around us and to be salt and light in our community. So many people, um, whether visibly or invisibly, in so much need, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would use us for your kingdom. Use us for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.